0: Hello there and welcome back to Chiquita Nicole Speaks. My name is Chiquita Nicole and this podcast is where I uplift and empower women to be the best versions of themselves by promoting tips and tricks for them to use in their day-to-day lives. Today, we are going to discuss a very important topic called Dealing and Healing from Trauma. And I have a special guest with me today who believes that when you heal the black woman, you heal the black community. I'm going to say that one more time for all the listeners out there and the ones in the back that might not have quite heard of that. Let's say it again. When you heal the black woman, you heal the black community. Salah Love is a spoken word artist and poet from the historic Eatonville, Florida, currently residing in Northern California. This mother of four is a holistic transmutation coach and healer, crystal healer master, EFT, and TFT master practitioner, and is just about finished with her certification as a clinical trauma specialist. She holds a space for melanated women in her Facebook group called Divine Fixins. She creates physical tools made from Mother Gaia to help facilitate healing in our people and with her other venture, Ascara Exclusive. Heal the Black woman and you'll heal the Black community. Salah love, I am my sister's keeper. Let's all formally meet the beautiful Salah! Hey girl, how you doing?
1: Hey. I'm good
0: I'm good how are you I am great so I know you said more than once and I had to say it more than once heal the black woman and you <laughs> heal the black community I'm gonna need you to elaborate on that just a team like what's what's up with that
1: so it's you know I feel that black women hold the power within the black community to make the necessary changes in order for us to heal as a people. Um, the reason why I say that is when you look at energy as women, when we are carrying children just from the very beginning, our children in womb can experience the emotions and you know everything. They literally, you know, get nutrients when we put that nutrients into our body. So we have to understand on a metaphysical level, on a soul level, we share these things with our children. So when women are not healed, we're passing along trauma, we're passing along negative mindsets, we're passing along all these different traits and our children, little boys and little girls alike. You I know, agree. so once you put that focus into healing, yes, when we can put that focus into healing ourselves, coming together, learning how to build bonds with other black women and not seeing them as threats or competition or caddy or whatever the stereotype is about black women because I get along with my sisters. I thought that's right, I know girl. I get along with- <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, once we start putting that energy into healing ourselves and helping each other heal I think that that you know I I believe strongly and I think I almost want to say I know matter of factly Mm -hmm. (laughs) that once we start healing in that capacity that it starts to start showing up into our community in every different aspect.
0: I agree I agree and I'm glad that you made a point about how when we are hurting i I know you've heard the term or the phrase or the quote that hurt people hurt people and as a mother yes as a mother we do if we're hurting and we don't deal with that hurt it is so easy to inflict the same hurt on our children and to pass it down because yeah they're looking at us and they're like oh my gosh, you know, mom is dealing with this. And subconsciously, they're not realizing that they're picking up on those very same behaviors.
1: Yeah, it's it's all, it's learned behavior, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's hurt people hurt people. But when you go to talking about, you know, generational cycles or curses or however you want to look at it, I believe that it's the mindset that's yeah. being passed down. Even when you when you look at really how, um, um, like, genetic... They say that it's genetic, like obesity, heart disease, these different things, but what that really is, this learned behavior from generation to generation, and trauma works the exact same way. Okay. It works the exact same way. We pick up certain traits from our parents and our grandparents and then we even if we know how it hurt us even if we know that we didn't have the best upbringing we still subconsciously because we're not focusing on our healing we then say well I went through it my mama beat me my mama did this to me and I turned out okay but did you right did (laughs) Did you really really turn out okay (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) you know so if you turn around and do the same thing to our children you know and and i don't know it's just a vicious cycle that we have got to stop we have the control and the capacity to stop those cycles and those generational i don't want to call them curses but you know whatever what you it call it, it you is. gotta stop it
0: yes and i agree too because and if you really pay attention as generations progress the mindsets are different and just like I would say back in the 50s where, you know, women used to allow their husbands to beat on them and they would stay with them or they would call the police and not press charges because of whatever reason and then you go to a generation ahead and they're like i'm not putting up with that i'm not letting no man Mm -hmm. treat me like that i'm not staying in something and i'm unhappy and then that older generation looks at the newer generation and like what is wrong with you like why are you not putting up what i used to put up with i'm good i'm strong Mm -hmm. i handled it but the thing of it is it's toxic it's not healthy and it's not conducive for growth. So if I see you dealing with something that was unhealthy and I didn't like how you dealt with it or how it affected you, and I decide that's not what I want for myself, don't then look at me like something is wrong with me. And you know, in the black community, it's taboo to talk about stuff like this.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's funny you say that because what ends up happening in those situations, right? It's like, Okay, so I see my grandparents or parents or whomever, you know, it's a pattern where the women get beat on or cheated on and they stay and then it gets to this other generation where it's like, I'm not going to do that. But what happens, and a lot of women don't realize it, is they may not do that same thing, but they have an unhealed wound and they are dealing with something because of that, something directly affected with that. So they think that they're handling it fine. But what happens is they either Deal with it on the complete opposite end of the spectrum and that is still toxicity and it is still unhealthy it is still forming unhealthy attachments mm-hmm. to a person mm-hmm. but there is still going to be something that is going to be brought in from those past generations and those past you know tough learning those tough teachings that a person gets that they may not even realize that they have
0: exactly
1: because until we intentionally heal we ain't healing from nothing
0: you are right
1: You are absolutely right. And
0: a lot of times um, we will draw walls, like draw up walls because we're like, I don't I'm not going to put myself in that. And, And I'll use myself as an example because I've been through a lot myself and there are things that I sit back and I'm like, I'm not dealing with that. So I won't even open myself up to receive right. anything remotely because I don't want it to either remind me of something I've experienced or I don't want to put myself in a situation to experience something that I've witnessed. You know what I'm saying? So you right. end up closing yourself off and that's a true thing that you're not really healed. You know what I'm right. saying? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not really healed from it. And um, I think that i think that that's what we see a lot right now is a lot of people that are hurting a lot of people not knowing how to deal with the hurt they you know are doing everybody i believe charlotte that everybody is doing the best that they can the best that they know how to do and i think that that's why it's important for us to make healing a an intentional and conscious effort Mm -hmm. um and and it's not something that's ever going to stop and i'm personally understanding that and learning that right now is right. I'm never going to be in a place where I can, I'm completely healed from everything. It just doesn't work like that. Because the more you heal, the deeper you got to heal. The yes. deeper you got to go.
0: Yes, <laughs> And the more you got to process and the more wounds you got to, I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to forever be a journey. I just did a training and we talked a little bit about it um, a couple of days ago. I just did a training about how, you know, adverse childhood experiences can cause, certain your brain to respond a certain type of way and you may think you're okay with it in one aspect but then something that you don't even realize is a trigger may pop up and you're like here you go all over again like oh my gosh I thought I was okay with that why is this triggering me right now and that just goes to show you that healing is a day-by-day process a day-by-day effort right yes absolutely and speaking on that I
1: actually did the the um training as well on my clinical trauma specialist. I did it probably a month or so ago and going through that training and going through, you know, the adverse childhood traumas and you know doing all that and looking so in depth in it, it really triggered something within me. But it made me understand that so what happens is when you go through those childhood traumas, especially when they're very early in the developmental stage your brain literally depending on how bad the trauma is your brain can stop developing in certain areas Mm -hmm. the frontal lobe Mm -hmm. right so your brain can stop developing your brain also attaches this physical and physiological response to certain things so even though you may feel like you're over it or like you dealt with it and it may not even cross your mind our bodies remember just like muscle memory yep our brains can respond to trauma external internal trauma and you can literally be like i don't even know what's going on right now i don't know why i'm feeling this i don't know why i'm feeling sad or whatever it may be but it is because your brain is remembering whatever is triggering you
0: yep and and a lot of times it'll play out in your dreams that again? I said a lot of times it'll play out in your dreams. Oh. I for absolutely. one can definitely attest to that.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Me too. I've had dreams sometimes like I've had dreams consistently the same dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm 37 and I can recall over 37 years or I'll say 30 years having a dream for 30 years and what I have learned in this in these recent uh, studies that I've Taken in classes and certifications is that when you are having those dreams and we have ptsd when we have having intrusions and all of these things that's the body trying to heal itself exactly. that is that is the pain and the trauma saying that i want to um that i want to let go of this i want to be able to be free from this and so that trauma and that pain will keep trying to break through like mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. until you deal with it right so we're gonna have those intrusions those nightmares those night terrors and i still have them mm. you know but i'm working through them yep. you know
0: i still have them too and i'm actually a lot of people don't know this i haven't spoken much about it but i am working on my next book called mindless dreams and yeah. um yeah and it's talking exactly about that you know going into detail in my subconscious mind about the dreams wow. that i have that are recurring and then how it scientifically explains something that i may have been dealing with at that time that i don't realize because a lot of times you think you're over something or you think something is not really bothering you you might not even be dealing with a particular situation mm-hmm. on a particular day it might have been a couple months ago but then it pops up in your dream you would be like why am i dreaming this like where did this come from yeah And it just lets you know, like, it's something that your body is subconsciously dealing with, you know?
1: Yes, Yes, absolutely. And and the wonderful thing about our brains and our bodies is that it wants to heal. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a strong believer that we have the ability to heal ourselves through everything that God has given us. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not as easy as taking medication or... You know whatever it is hard it is not easy it is so very hard but we're able to create new neural pathways in order to deal with that trauma so while your trauma may constantly make you go this way we have the ability to say i don't want to go this way i'm gonna create a new path and start going this way Mm -hmm. we have the ability to do that
0: yep we just have to challenge ourselves and i was making a joke the other day with my boyfriend i told him i said um I said we were talking about you know how your body heals and I love x-men and wolverine and all of that and I'm like yeah I said you know (laughs) you know we're wolverines I said we just don't heal as fast as he does but our bodies are naturally made to heal itself it scars over and it starts to generate new skin and all that stuff and that's naturally how our Uh body is developed and designed and it's also that way in your mind like when you go through something your body scientifically all of the hormones and everything else is going on is trying to heal from whatever that traumatic experience was and i did mention to him i said the only difference the only difference between us and wolverine is when wolverine heals he don't have no scars to show that he was ever injured but we we have the scars we have the scars but our body has still found a way to heal heal what that is but the scar is just like a little reminder of what we like a battle scar a reminder of something we went through like i had to get a vaccine when i got deployed and everybody that's ever been deployed overseas they all have this same scar on their arm from this particular vaccine that we all had to get so if you look at anyone's arm and they have this um particular scar you already know oh they're a wartime veteran That's a scar, a reminder of what we went through. You know what I'm saying? So yes. that I just felt like that was a good analogy, like comparing, you know, Wolverine, the yeah. fictitious character. But really that's how yes. we're designed.
1: Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Wolverine because um I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Vixen. Yes. a lot of people don't I love Vixen. A lot of people don't know, Vixen. Of people don't know Vixen, but that's where of I Vixens do come from you know okay so you know okay (laughs) so people don't get how her superpower works once i realize to each other to connect to everything that god created on this metaphysical level and that creates healing it creates bonding it creates relationships it creates all these different facets that we're not even taught things that we don't even understand that we can do that we're even capable as human beings are doing right and so i think comics which is why i love them so much me too <laughs> when you look at those comics you can see pain in a lot of these the different villains mm-hmm. and the different superheroes mm-hmm. and then you can see it's it's not obviously it's not realistic Mm -hmm. but i believe that those the creators of these comics and these heroes understand and they're taking things that happen within our body in ways that we can deal with trauma and Mm -hmm. pain and all these different things we can see it personified and manifested on the screen in front of us and i think that is completely amazing because it really exists within us right it
0: really does and i and i think that's why i love it so much too because every villain and Every superhero has a backstory. And I know yes. when I was watching the one with. Um what is it? The the metal I forget his name. Magne- Magneto, right? Magneto. Yes. Oh, and you remember? I don't know if you saw the one, the backstory on him about how first abusive.
1: Plans. Yes.
0: And when how his mother and stuff got beat up, and he had to sit there and watch it, and just his anger yep. just built up and built up and built up, and mm-hmm. he retaliated, and then he got in trouble for having that superpower, and so in yes. his mind everybody was evil so he just went out to try to kill everybody and that's how he became a villain he deep down wasn't a bad person but his traumas that hurt yes yes that hurt and that trauma yes. is what caused him to act that way then you have people on the other side of the spectrum who are the superhero types who went through their own set of traumas and they have the save a world mentality and they want to prevent other people from getting hurt and being in those situations so it just all depends like when you relate it back to reality and, and true life and think about the people who get in trouble and end up in jail because of things that they've been through, like. I watched this show called Wentworth on Netflix. I absolutely love it, but every woman in that in that prison has a backstory of why they are the way that they are. There's one particular character, she felt abandoned by her father. Her mother was an alcoholic and she abused her and her father was like her savior and her father couldn't stand to to stay with her mother she wanted to be he wanted to be with his daughter but he couldn't stand to be with his his, her mother so he left and the daughter felt abandoned every night she looked out the window hoping her dad would return so she developed this um anger right and anybody and anybody that ever said anything negative to her because her mom used to say your dad's never coming back he left because of you you know all those things and she looked and she was just like daddy like she started to believe it because that's what her mother fed her you know and eventually The system took her away from her mom, you know, DCF in in Florida took her away from her mom and she didn't have nobody. So she always had to fight herself. And anytime something was triggered, somebody picked on her, she over, she would overreact and she threw hot grease on this man who was just picking at her calling her dumb stupid he just one stop one not stop one stop and it festered it festered and before she knew it she hit him she threw that hot grease on him and that's how she ended up in jail so it's like some people everybody handles trauma differently some people just get enraged and they just can't control it and they snap you know and i mean It just... I I don't know. I'm drawn to those things because it's like, okay, everybody has a backstory, Even the ones who caused me hurt and pain. I'm like, Mm -hmm. they don't just act that way just because. They experience something to Mm -hmm. where they are narcissists, where they are mean and hateful. There's a reason that they are that way. I'm a firm believer in that. Everybody who is the way that they are something happened in their lives as a child to shape that personality.
1: Absolutely, and a lot of people don't even, you know, it's funny because one of the things that i noticed looking at the adverse childhood trauma and looking at the ACEs and and all of that, Mm -hmm it's a lot of things that people wouldn't even pick up as being traumatic because a lot of it is secondhand trauma yeah and our bodies don't understand sometimes or our minds don't understand sometimes that we've experienced trauma right and so you can be taught into a person, I've talked to, you know, people who I felt like could benefit mm-hmm. from me being their coach, and so I'll kind of, like, reach out, or I'll see them in this hurt, this is painful past learning that has them doing this, or with this mindset, and when I reach out, it's like, nope, I'm good, I'm right. good, and it's like, since no, I know you're not good, but well, when you're ready, good. I'm gonna be here, exactly, exactly, because <laughs> you know, people sometimes don't even realize the amount of trauma because it's so normal for them, right. it is their families are dysfunctional um, and, and that's normal and that is always for me the saddest because the reality of it is is they will more than likely never reach a point of true healing mm-hmm. because they don't even think that they have anything they need to heal from and they're comfortable and safe. Being in that place of anger and hatred and rage because they don't know how to function any other way They've never been taught that there's any other way to be or feel right and those are the saddest
0: cases They really are. They really are the saddest cases because like you said, they don't they don't see anything wrong and You know when you I'll use myself again as an example um, when it comes to dating in the past you know I have been in some pretty toxic dating relationships right and it stemmed I didn't realize that it was a pattern of behavior like it, it was normal for me to be treated a certain type of way because that's how I was treated growing up right so then I got into these relationships where these men treated me the same way or worse and I was just like okay this doesn't feel right but this is what I I've always experienced so when I finally got into a relationship where I'm not experiencing that I'm not having someone trying to one-up me I'm not having someone tearing me down to elevate themselves I'm not having one who's someone who's intimidated by the strong person that I am and they just ridicule me and hit me up against the wall and tell me you ain't gonna be this and and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. I felt like is this really supposed to am, am i worthy of something like this because i've never experienced anything like this i've only ever right. experienced the bad side so why is this person being so good to me why like and, and 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 yeah and you subconsciously want to push him away because that's not what you're used to
1: yeah
0: i'm sure you can relate right
1: yeah. I, I, I i feel <laughs> like every woman can relate every woman and if she say she can't she not being honest with herself but Mm -hmm. i can absolutely absolutely but you know i'm so grateful because like the relationship i'm in now i almost had that feeling but because i had just come out of a very abusive situation um it went from losing my husband randomly you know when my child was 11 weeks old and you know a few years later i was in this relationship with somebody yeah it was very very tough you know and then i ended up getting in a relationship with somebody i thought that i not i thought that i trusted i had known for 20 years and somebody that i literally trusted with my life and he tried to kill me and my children mm. and like starved us and locked us in rooms and like it would be like 30 degrees outside we could turn the heat on it was like all of this stuff that had happened mm. so a couple years later uh my current boyfriend i've known him since i was like 16 17 and as we kind of started communicating and it started shifting i had that thought of nah yeah (laughs) no this can't be (laughs) happening but it was it was only split second because i knew that i knew what i deserved right i had already known what i deserved and bigger than that is i felt like this person actually deserved me. Right. So for the first time, even though I wanted to, cause I have pushed the white people in the past mm-hmm, and it mm-hmm. just like, it is what it is and it's done with <laughs> Right, right. Because of my own traumatic experiences exactly. and just being afraid of letting go and not having certain parts of myself that I wasn't healed. But just like after, you know, losing somebody to death and then almost losing my life to another person that I trusted, I had a lot of time to think and Mm -hmm. to to heal, to really go deep into my healing. And um, by the time he and I started, excuse me, communicating, I already knew really what my worth was and i said i'm not gonna let this one go i'm not gonna continue with the pattern and keeping myself in the same position that i have been in because i can look at this person and say that i know that he deserves me and i deserve what he has to offer right like we deserve each Each other. other and i think that a lot of women don't get to that point and they get into situations knowing that And I'm not saying it in a cocky way, but knowing that this person don't deserve the whole of who you are. They don't deserve for you to give them what it is that you have inside of yourself. But because we got all this stuff inside of us that we don't deal with, Mm -hmm. we just sweep everything up underneath the rug and kind of go into these relationships with our, you know, head down Mm -hmm. and just kind of grinning and bear that's no way to deal with people in any type of relationship exactly
0: i agree and i can definitely our stories are very similar um except the the guy that i ended up with before my current boyfriend and (laughs) i gotta get a little deeper on that but the guy that i was with before him he was very manipulative Mm -hmm. he was very condescending he made me feel like i was ugly he yes, used to, yeah. like, if somebody came around, he had, like, a thing for Hispanic ladies, right? So anytime someone would come around, he would, like, flirt with them. I'll never forget one time we were at the gym, and this Spanish lady walked by, and, um, he... I'm standing right there, and they touched, like, rubbed hands and all of that. And fr- and she looked no. at me. Yes, she looked at me, and I looked, and, I, and I'm like, so... I'm not standing. <laughs> I'm not. St- <laughs> and so, and and you know what his response was when I addressed it? He was like, "Oh, that's her boyfriend or her husband." I said, "What does that mean? Who cares that she got a husband? Because clearly, neither I one know. of y'all care, and y'all right. touching on each other like that." And I'm right there. He had yeah. absolutely no respect for me, none, yeah. and cheated on yeah. me, and just told me, "I need you need to get over it." Like that's how he was. Like. That is narcissistic behavior 101. Yes, I mean, (laughs) diminished my self-esteem. He made me feel like I was worthless. And so um, Mm -hmm. after leaving him and, and detoxifying myself from that, the way that I had been treated. And then I finally met my current boyfriend and we've been together going on four years. And sometimes I still sit back and be like, I can't believe I've never been with anybody for longer than a year. Because and Why I've been like and I've been married before. Because the thing of it is, is although although I've put myself in those and I, I say I put myself in that because we have mm-hmm. we make choices, it's our decision. I yes. put myself in situations that were toxic, I have no problems leaving.
1: I say the same thing you yeah. could call me a dummy for getting in it but listen you never call me a dummy for, for staying.
0: staying that part <laughs> you will never be able to call me a dummy for staying so I and I have been married before and listen I was like listen I will not stay at like mm-hmm. I, a year is still too long to take the stuff I've taken but to be with someone for almost four years it's been three and a half years that we've been together and not once has he called me out of my name, tore me down, got in my face, screamed at me, made me feel inadequate. All he does is uplift me, tell me I'm beautiful, tell me I'm an amazing woman. And I'm looking like, what? Because it's like yeah. you look at yourself in the mirror you be like, you try to, you know, give yourself affirmations and say, you know, I'm worthy. And yeah. you deep down, you know what you're worth. But you, on the other hand, you still accept foolery. But then when you actually have someone who sees you for who you are and accepts you for who you are, you're just like, God, you, when you show out, you for real be showing out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. And. Because I'm still healing and I'm woman enough to admit that There are times when that fear factor sets in and oh, I'm yeah. like, how do I know although? All of these positive things that I just mentioned, how do I know that this is truly the person for me? How do I the know loop? that this is gonna last until the end like I would like it? to? How do I know yeah. that it's not gonna turn for the worst like the other ones did? You know what I'm saying? So but yeah I try my hardest to control that fear factor and not allow it to play out in my behavior. You know I sit back and try to meditate on things and and think things through because it is very easy and I know I have a good man You know what I'm saying? Whoever let this one go, baby, listen. Whoever let this one go, I am sorry for you, cause he is mine, mine, and mine again. Listen, and I'm sure he's thinking the same thing. Whoever threw this home, this this beauty queen out the window, that's all right, cause she mine now. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, it's unfortunate. Yes, honey. (laughs) I just, it's just really unfortunate that. that the traumas that we experience can really mess us up in our decision making it can make us feel like we don't know how to make decisions properly
1: you know what i'm saying I do. Absolutely. And it's it's so funny that you just said all of this because, like you said, our stories are kind of similar, Mm -hmm. you know, and because of certain things that I have gone through, um, with even just a couple of things that I mentioned, those were just a few years ago, you know, within the last six years. Um, I have complex PTSD from being a child. I mean, I've had suicide attempts. Um, You know, I'm very, very Upfront and vocal about the things that i've gone through i believe the transparency is the the path to to healing not only myself but other women as well Mm -hmm. and because of the abandonment issues i have when i was younger did and grow up with either one of my parents um and just kind of like never feeling worthy never feeling wanting wanted um i have i never had healthy attachment i -hmm. never had a person that i did you know children have healthy attachments to so their parents or they are there, supposed to that is you know that nature versus nurture kind of study like exactly the child that's just kind of like here and out in the world versus a child that is raised and loved and cared for yes because of all of these traumas throughout my life i have um been diagnosed with a uh, borderline personality disorder um, and and that is a mental health disorder that comes from abandonment abuse neglect mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's basically like an attachment disorder and it's so weird for me because I never ever in my life felt like I needed anybody except my children right um, and that in itself you know have trauma because the two oldest girls were kidnapped by their dad and Oof. you know for seven years like but when i say trauma this is why i'm a trauma specialist because i've right. been through it and, and i've probably gone through it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um but because of all of these compounded things i now found myself in this relationship and this is me being t- putting my little heart out there right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. being in this relationship with this amazing person i found myself doing the same thing that you do right and that i'm sure a lot of women do when they get with a good man after making all these messed up choices throughout their lives our lives you get with this person and now all of a sudden sometimes you feel insecure and it's like i never felt insecure right you know what i mean like (laughs) i never felt (laughs) This way, or yeah, it's like what is going on? And it creates a fear response. Yeah. Right? Because then your mind then attaches itself to the trauma you've experienced with these previous men, and then now you are kind of almost becoming the problem. Yep. Yep. <laughs> because you're now reacting and responding in ways that's not typical of you. And then we're projecting a lot of times. We project mm-hmm. in our relationships. But what I have found healthy, which is why I said all of this, mm-hmm. is being very transparent with my partner and yes. with people around me when i'm insecure or i'm feeling some kind of way i don't personally know how to keep it in right i need to be able to talk about mm-hmm. it and to say hey um i know you didn't do or say anything all in my head but sometimes And I'm learning this because I didn't believe this before this relationship. (laughs) sometimes we need reassurance. I get it. Like, I'm feeling all these new feelings in this relationship, this healthy relationship Mm -hmm. that I'm in. Right. For the first time, I'm feeling all these new feelings. And it's like, I need reassurance. And when I used to hear women say that before, I was like, girl, for what? Right. Right. But I get it now. Yep. I I get it And that's just being vulnerable and being true to say that I'm, I'm not feeling the best today and I need for you to, to tell me something to counteract my thoughts that mm-hmm. are going around in my head. I right. need you to let me know that it's in my head and that everything's okay. Right. And I think that's okay to do that. I think it's okay to do that with the person that you're in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, I think it's important to have a group or a person or a couple of people or whatever another woman that you are able to talk to to help you go through the things that you go through, to let you know that, sister, you're not alone. Like, you're not, I know it feels like you are battling all of this stuff by yourself and you're trapped in your head, mm-hmm. but we go through this stuff. It's just that we be afraid to talk to other women. Right. Like, look you know, how are we talking right, right now. Right, exactly. We don't want to feel stupid or mm-hmm. we don't, you know, whatever it is. And we could be mean as hell all outdoors and watch my language. We yeah, yeah can you,
0: you Yeah, we can. And the, the worst part about it is if we are really authentic and true we will find that we have very similar situations Yay. and and experiences and mm-hmm. being vulnerable is not easy especially for me I mean growing up being growing up and not feeling comfortable to comfortable enough to open up without being judged that's yes. a fear factor and then being taught so many years that you are supposed to keep your emotions to yourself you are not supposed to let your partner know any weaknesses about you because they will use it against you like fighting against that knowing that you need to talk to them because for me communication is king and in order for you to completely under yeah in order for you to completely understand where i'm coming from i need to be able to open up to you and if i can't then i believe you're not the person for me if what i tell you you can't handle it and you you mistreat me accordingly to something that i may have um revealed to you then you're not the man for me and to be able to find someone that I can open up to and be authentic and say listen i may be tripping but when you say x y and z that's a trigger for me and it puts me back in this place yes. i need you to not use that or say yes. that then that's how they will learn how to treat you and how to care for you because everyone speaks a different love yes. language and everyone has different. Hello. yes right so also too something made that may trigger me may not necessarily trigger you but that doesn't mean that my triggers are wrong
1: absolutely absolutely validation and each other's insecurities fears whatever it may be i think is important in a relationship to be able to validate each other in that way. But as women, mm-hmm. even though you and I can sit here and say that we can communicate this to our men, mm-hmm. it is so many women who, who do not can't. know how to do that. Right? There are so many women who feel like, I'm not finna tell him this, and I'm not going to say this because he should already know. But as you said, we speak a different, first of all, men and women typically speak different languages. Completely. Completely, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay? <laughs> Period. Sugar mean banana to them, okay? It's that like, part. Different. Yes.
0: <laughs> and Apples like, and oranges, so different. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you have to say
1: what. Well, but we do the same thing too. We do. We do that to men as well, and right. I think that as women by us, and again this is go back to that heal, heal the woman, we can say it in a very general term, mm-hmm. um, heal a woman, in you, heal a community, heal a woman, you, heal a family, Yep, right? that's
0: true. Heal a woman,
1: that heal a community, yep. To that. Exactly. If we are focusing on our healing, that is going to then transpire, yes. Yes, we, sometimes women cannot even verbalize what it is that we need to begin with. So mm-hmm. you feel unfulfilled in your relationship. You feel like he's triggering triggering you. He's on all these different things, but do you know why you're being triggered? Can you verbalize what it is that you need? Because oftentimes you can say what we don't need, but do you know what it is that you need?
0: Yes, that's very important to be able that's to a, verbalize. That's a whole different
1: ballgame. Yeah,
0: you got to be able to verbalize what you need and to expect him to already know is an unfair expectation. It is yes. not fair to expect your, I mean, a man, if we can't read their minds because they're so different, what makes us think that a man can read our minds and according to them we are very complex because their minds are a lot simpler than ours so how unfair can you be telling your man that he needs to know what you want and he need no it's your job to educate him Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. a a man is a man he's not a woman so it's our it's our job to educate them you know what i'm saying and again if they don't want to hear it then at least you tried you know it's not like you're just oh well he just needs to know no you need to try it if he's not hearing you that's a whole other issue
1: yes and it's it's all of that is just so important um in all different types of relationships because i always kind of look at even though it's a romantic relationship we're talking about all of these things can show up in other relationships show up in relationships with our kids right we want the kids to do certain things or we want you know we have these all these things that's going on within us and we can't verbalize what's hurting us we can't verbalize what we need Mm -hmm. and then when we do verbalize it it's typically not in a healthy manner right it is going to show up in a way that is going to present as toxic Mm -hmm. or negative Mm -hmm. or it's not going to be conducive it's not going to actually get anything done and so being able to Learn how to be kind of selfish and Mm -hmm. I don't mean me 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 me, me. but in the same sense I do mean that because a lot of women are we're forced to kind of like we go through all this stuff and then Girl I'm about to get sidetracked because the strong black woman popped up in my head and just
0: hey let it release her. Release her that's why oh we talking gosh. release her you know what i'm saying
1: that's a tri- that is a trigger for me because like i was saying is we go through so much and we are expected to just keep going right. right we're expected to keep going it doesn't matter what it is that you go through you know when i lost my husband there seemed to be no kind of expectation of me being allowed to grieve right with having You know my son was four my daughter was 11 weeks old my two oldest daughters had been gone from home and had been kidnapped for years Mm. they came home three months later so i went from having a husband and children to being a single mother again of four children right and i started back working two days after the funeral Mm. trying to raise these kids because there was no there was some support i'm not going to say that but the support I feel like I needed and the support I feel like I verbalized that I needed it it wasn't there and so I ended up getting to a point where I did not have a choice but to take that and Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: suffer yeah and I'm sure that was hard too
1: having to suffocate everything However, I told myself that I'm going to do whatever it takes for me to start this healing process mm-hmm. because I, it was hard. But if I didn't heal the right way, mm-hmm. if I did not address it, then it would show up and manifest three years before that. Right. So it was just like trauma has started really. Tiling gets up and all i kept hearing was she's so strong yeah it would make me you want you want to see me pop off call me strong and right. as crazy as that yep. may sound to be like you mad because people calling you strong but what did black women are affected. our our strength is determined by how much Trauma, we take go through and not be affected by it, and right. that is utter BS. The you are, right. the more they will lead you to. Be, no matter how much trauma you've gone through, right. we're expected to be okay, and so then we get into these relationships mm-hmm. with people, whether it's other women, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman, whomever it is, we get into these relationships, and we want to be vulnerable. Well, how where along the lines have we learned as women as black women that to be okay. allowed to cry right to say that parenting is hard right to say i'm not having a good day i don't feel pretty and i need for you to tell me that i'm pretty today yes
0: girl say it again you hear me do when you know that? do you know that <laughs> i used to get teased for crying because i'm a very i'm i'm, I'm an empath and i'm very sentimental so I mm-hmm. feel for other people, but there was a point in time in my life where when my feelings got hurt, like physical pain, I have a very high tolerance for physical pain. I would sprain my ankle, yeah. break my leg, whatever, deep breath, breathe it out, I'm good. But you hurt my feelings, my eyes fill up with water, I wanna cry, right? And I was screamed at, yelled at, you always crying, you weak, you need. To yes yes you can't you should not be crying you need to stop crying so because of years of that in my first marriage where i cried because of the the emotional pain that i've that i experienced i cried a lot and so from Mm -hmm. from that marriage and then being told prior to that as a child as a teenager that crying is a sign of weakness and that you shouldn't do it now i'll refuse to cry in front of my man i have any guy i've ever been with they have never seen me cry because in their eyes i don't have emotions wow. and it's because of <laughs> yep, that stigma that huh right that stigma that we and and boys get taught this more so than women do that it's not okay to cry and that's why a lot of times our minds are jacked up to begin with because as you said that's a trigger for you it's a trigger for me as well i get offended don't call me strong and i will tell you in a minute that when somebody say oh you so strong and i'm like well it's not easy being strong i don't like being strong i want to be able to be sensitive sometimes and not be looked at as oh she crying she weak no crying is a freaking emotion if laughing is an emotion if yelling is an emotion why in the devil can't we cry
1: yeah, and we definitely can and I think that that is a part of our bodies trying to release, which is when you and I, I think it was yesterday, we were talking about, I posted the thing in the group, Yeah, you, you know, I'm the only one who put on the R&B music and it's like, you know, I used to really play into that, like I've battled yes. the my entire, as far back as I can remember. Six years old i better battle depression right mm-hmm. and i did that i used that as a tool just to go into this dark place and i would stay there Yep. you okay? would cry and I would
0: replay things that. over and over again yeah, like oh why don't you do that
1: <laughs> now i don't now what i do is i will give myself because if it's bubbling up i know now what bubbling up leads to for me and i don't want to be i don't want to keep battling with my mental health in that way right right so I'm finding tools i created tools to be able to help me deal with those things and one of those things is music yes and I will play certain music and I will let myself cry I will go sit in the car and the bathroom and shower and I will play my music and I will cry for a certain period of time Mm-hmm. get it out and I will do my mantras I will do my affirmations I will grab my crystals I will do my breathing and my my tapping I will do all these different things and I'm like now I'm going to shell this for right now I'm going to compartmentalize I'm going to put this over here and I'm not going to keep playing into that emotion but I know that if I'm about to cry and I'm hurting like this my body and my mind is telling me that it is time to release mm-hmm. and we as women do not know how to do that and like you said men especially, especially
0: they do not they do not it
1: not ta- that's a whole nother I, I am my sister's keeper, but I also say I am my brother's keeper. Yes. And that's when women start getting mad. When I go to talking about our brothers, baby, because I'm going to protect black man. Yes, they need they need they need some help and, and right. They need nurturing too. Come on now.
0: Why, why you think? Why do you think yes, that they so, behave and and do some of the things they do because they lack that nurturing? They need that.
1: Yes. And that's why I say we gotta heal in order to make sure our brothers are okay. Because I'm, I strongly believe that no matter how alpha or dominant or whatever a man is, we will follow the lead of a black woman. Yes. And I don't mean we have to leave the house and and keep all these things that men are supposed that's not what I mean. No. Nope. That's not what I mean. I mean that an emotionally healthy woman will bring out the best in a black man and it will allow them to operate in a a way that they are not allowed to operate in and then they can start focusing on a healing because we are emotionally stable emotionally mentally stable that's just a theory of mine (laughs) right it's the truth though it really is i mean if you
0: okay take a man who's married to a woman that always ridicules him tell him he's not man enough, getting up in his face, I dare you to hit me, I bet you ain't gonna hit me, I bet you, take a man that's treated like that, and watch how upset he is and how he feels like he has to work so hard to prove himself to be worthy as a man. And take that same man and put him with an emotionally healthy woman who is always elevating him saying, Thank you, babe. You're an amazing man. You are always doing great things. You going, you are awesome. You better do that dollar thing. Like, listen, I'm fixing to hype you all the way up if nobody else did. Take a woman like that and watch that man go shine in the world
1: watching I, I agree. I agree. I agree. And and those women can still have things that they gotta work on. We're not talking about a perfect woman. We no. just talking about a woman that is aware that she's aware of her position and mm-hmm. she's aware of his position. Mm-hmm. And she's aware of she's emotionally aware. Right. An emotionally aware woman Right. that is conscious of her actions because I think so many of us are so broken and so hurt, especially when we get with a good man, like what we were talking about. Yes. Some women don't push away them good men, like we have, have had a tendency to do. Mm-hmm. But what they do is then they in turn go and break a good man. They go wreck. They wins. then take all that anger and that pain and they inflict that onto a man that who all clearly also has trauma right and it's because a man you know with women like that they got their own trauma that they're not dealing with to be in an abusive because let's call a state, to part. be in an abusive relationship with a woman mm-hmm. that, that man also has his own trauma that he needs to heal from right that's so, true. so again, like i said that's that that's that that's that full circle mm-hmm. if we are not healing ourselves because it's a lot of men it's a lot of groups out here where you know black men are learning how to be emotional. They're learning how to have healthy bonds with each other because they don't have that same kind of cattiness and inferiority mm-hmm. like we have when we with other women and just kind of, you know, but what does that stem from? That stems from unhealthy relationships with our mothers. Yes, that's we exactly where it stems from. We never to not have healthy relationships with other women. We don't learn how to have healthy relationships with men because then we got, you know, daddy issues. Right.
0: And I can relate to the, the the relationships with women. Believe it or not, as much as I preach and talk about empowering the woman and how I'm, I'm so pro-woman, so this, there was a point in my life where I was not that way. I used to shy away from women. I never wanted... Because I always felt like... Not that I was in competition with them, but that they didn't like something about me and I got treated accordingly. And that stemmed from the way that I was treated as a young girl, as a teenager, you know, being made to feel like if I wore certain things, it was wrong. If I had my hair a certain way, it was wrong. That everything I did was for attention. So anytime that I was in a position where I was around other women, I felt inferior and I felt like they were all trying to attack me and I used to be labeled as stuck up and standoffish because I used to keep to myself. And people who took the time to get to know me, they learned very quickly. She's a very sweet girl, very loving and very giving. But I wouldn't open myself up to anyone. because And I stayed away because of that fear right. factor of, well, you're going to hate me because this is what I'm accustomed to being treated like. You're not going right. to like me. You're going to judge me and say, oh, well, she looked like this. She thinks she better than. That's, that yeah. was... So I didn't want to get close to a female. And I'm glad Mm -hmm. that you mentioned that that stems from unhealthy relationships with mothers. If you don't have a mother pouring into you how worthy you are, how beautiful you are, and how not to let someone else make you feel less than, then you're going to walk around in life feeling like you have to compete with people, with women, and you don't. And I'm not a, I'm not competitive with another woman. I'll be quick to tell you how beautiful you are. But there was a point in time where I was afraid to do that. I was afraid right. that if I complimented a woman, that that was a bad thing. You're not supposed to compliment a woman. You're supposed to just just keep it going. But now, if I see somebody, girl, I love your hair. Girl, them glasses. Girl, them is banging. Yeah. Like that's me now. But that was not always me. I had to educate myself and right. surround myself with a positive um, aura of people because I believe that people have energies. Yes. And if I sense a certain energy or vibe on someone, I will keep my distance because I pride myself in positive energy. And if I feel a positive vibe from you or energy, I feel people, I do. Call it what you want to call it, I feel people. Yep, I feel well. So when I feel you and I feel a positive thing or you look at me a certain way and I feel like, oh, it's all good vibes, okay, I click like that. So I just feel like it's important for us, and, and I don't have girls, I have bonus daughters. So whenever they're around, I'm always trying to uplift them and tell them, you know, girl, you looking good. Ooh, I, like I do that with them. I don't ha- I didn't birth any daughters. I have boys, but I do that with them because I think it's just as important, if not more important for us. A young man to understand that he's worthy he don't have to walk around in the world man. when he becomes a man feeling like he got to push his chest out and mistreat women to show how mm-hmm. tough and strong he is
1: yes I agree with I agree with all that <laughs> really important like I think that again it, it, it is on us as mothers a man a boy can have a man have his father or whomever raising him to be a man but i think it's extremely important for um i think that both parents or both a male and a female a man or a woman to have influence on children for very different reasons right it's important for boys to understand how to treat women and how to go through this world from a woman's perspective i believe But also the same thing, you know, with a a little girl, they need to understand what it means to have a relationship with their mother or positive relationships with other women growing up because for whatever reason, like I had it. um, It just, it wasn't consistent, but the lack of a consistent woman being in my life made me actually attached to, I'm sorry, my kid. Okay, I can't go in the house. Um, it makes me <laughs> attached to, I don't want to say powerful women, but like certain women I'm very, very drawn to. Right. And I have this, you know, I want to attach myself to them. I want to be in relationship with them. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But growing up, I felt the same way that you did, kind of like um, very. But it was with everybody, just insecure. Like, yep. in high very school, yep. I was just very, like, always afraid to have, like, my sister. I was a senior, and I was hanging out with the 10th graders because my sister and her friends were in 10th grade. Right. You know, or I was with the wrestlers. I was only with people who I was familiar with, but I never really made friends at school, because, mm-hmm. not because I saw women as competition, but I was scared, I guess. Yep. Honestly, and I know you remember I how I was. Yeah, I know I just remember you being just very quiet. And I never took that as like being stuck up, but it was definitely just like, honestly, when I'm thinking about it, kinda like insecure. Just like I don't know. I don't know. Like I just I don't know. Like I see you, but I don't know. Right. That's exactly (laughs) how I can talk to you. I (laughs) can't talk to you.
0: I don't know if how we gonna vibe, so I'd rather just keep to myself. No problems, no issues, we good. And um You know, that was hard. And a lot of people and it it, like everybody that remembers me from school, you know, it kind of breaks my heart a little bit because it's like everybody remembers that girl. Everybody sees me as that girl. And so now when they see how I've become this butterfly and I'm completely different in in the aspect of self-confidence and all that. I've had people come to me and they're like oh my gosh like to think that this shy little quiet girl that didn't used to talk to nobody is now doing podcasts and dancing on the videos and singing. And like, who is this person? And I have to tell them, like, this person is the same person from school. It's just somebody that has blossomed and someone has grown into her own confidence and has accepted who she is, flaws and all. Nobody's perfect. I'm not needed and bow-legged, girl, please. And (laughs) pigeon-toed. But I have accepted all that, you hear me? (gasps) Yeah. So exactly.
1: what, what else can listen.
0: You do listen. If my knees go <laughs> together when I stand and my legs lock back and my toes point together, listen. That's how God created me, and I am gonna rock okay. right along with it. And that's just yeah. all it is. Like. You know when we're in the developing phases especially as teenagers we feel awkward and i think it's important in that phase to have that support you know and let like my my i got teenagers you know my youngest son will be 11 in a couple weeks my oldest son is 16 and they're on the smaller side you know and i have to let them know Don't nobody care about how tall you are or how short you are you are a good-looking young man and you are smart and you are very mannerable trust me any woman would be glad to have you come on now don't nobody care about how tall and it's bad because we put these stigmas in and unfortunately when we encounter the older generation they say things out of their mouths not realizing how that can affect someone like i remember taking Mm -hmm. i remember taking my son last year to his fourth grade um orientation at school and this old lady and i have to catch myself sometime because i'll be wanting to snap like you can't be talking to my child like that and she gonna look at him and say he in fourth grade he's short you short i wanted to look at her and say you fat You know what I'm saying? But I can't do that. That's what I wanted to say. Because like, my child is is absorbing that negativity that you just gave him. He's already battling. Yes, he's already battling with the fact that he's the smallest. He's the oldest in his class because he has a late birthday. But he's the smallest. So he's battling with the fact that he's smaller than all the kids in his class. And they tease him about his height. Then you're going to have this adult who should know better who's older that's you know old enough to be my grandma ain't gonna tell my child you short to be in fourth grade you know and it's just Mm -hmm. people don't realize that the words that they say if if a child is already experiencing that it can affect them and that's why it's important that in the household that nurturing takes place Because imagine, imagine if I was the kind of mother who teased him for his size, right? And called him skinny Mm -hmm. and called him all these things. Then he goes to school and the kids pick on him about his size. Then this old woman comes and says something slick about his size. What is that going to do to his character, his personality and his self-esteem? Absolutely. Absolutely. So although I'm not with him 24-7 because he has to go out and mingle with others, as a mother, I'm gonna do my job yes. to nurture that and let him feel like it's okay that you're this way. And so when his father calls him, he's skinny, I'm like, you need to not do that. You know what I'm saying? Like we don't a lot and I think that this holds true for even in our past with our parents yeah. and their parents, they don't realize in that moment how what they are doing and what they are saying is going to affect that child in the long run. And then when the child grows up and they start to talk about these things that how it's affected them, they don't even remember. They don't even remember that it even happened or that they even did it. Because in that moment, huh? Yeah, I'm just like they don't realize that in that moment that it's that it's affecting them and then when time passes a lot of times the person that does oh no no go ahead oh no a lot of times the people that does the offending they don't remember what they did but the person who the offense was done to they're not gonna Mm -hmm. forget it because it was done to them you see what i'm saying and that's why it's just it's just so so Gosh.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. 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 That is huge when yes. we- it comes to healing parental relators. Yeah. Because a child, even an adult child trying to explain to a parent, typically a mother. How they did or something and, and and the parent will not try to instantly go to well i don't remember uh, you know i apologize if i did that it is typically like 90 percent of the time it is automatic denial right that, that didn't happen
0: that did not that happen.
1: Didn't happen i did that not do that. <laughs> that right instead of saying like clearly like you said if it's done to you, because our bodies naturally remember the negative things that are said more than the positive. Even you so are even in absolutely in a right. relationship, and mm-hmm. you argue with somebody. Before, why do you want to remember the bad things that happen? It's like I don't try to, but that's how our bodies mm-hmm. hold on to things. That's how our bodies protect us. Especially, extremely
0: and especially if the bad is outweighing the good because i know you've heard the saying that for every one good every for every one bad statement you need about 20 good ones to erase that bad one you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying negativity holds true long i mean look at the news they're gonna cover that negative stuff more frequently than they're gonna cover the good stuff because the good stuff don't last it's not juicy enough
1: That's absolutely right. And our bodies work the same way. Right. Our bodies work the same way. And so when we're talking about, you know, everything on the healing aspect, there's so many reasons as to why doing that work is important. Right. You know, and I always find it interesting when, I can sit back, not in a judgmental way, but kind of just because of the work that I do. Um, I can I can see trauma instantly. Oh yeah. Like I, me too. I behavior, just mm-hmm. things said, just I can just see it. And it's so interesting to me when one post or one statement is the mother, like I do anything for my kids, um, you know, whatever, whatever. And then the very next statement, sometimes in the same breath, they are being so condescending and disrespectful to the child Mm. or doing something that ultimately will create harm and toxicity and trauma in that child. And it's just like, you know, it's never my it's never our even as coaches it's not our jobs to point out anybody's trauma right or to point out their triggers or to you know as women as mothers to you know point out the way anybody's parenting or raising a child that is not what i do i'm not interested in doing that right um but I do wanna to try to point out where you might want to kind of focus your energy mm-hmm. so that you can be the best version of yourself that you can be for your children because that is how you do anything and everything for your child is it by making sure that you one hundred percent. Right. Or as close to one hundred as you can get. Right. Or constantly aiming to be at one hundred. Right.
0: That part. The constant yeah. the constant aiming is the is the key because like you mentioned before Mm -hmm. nobody's perfect and there is no rule book no guidebook on parenting there is no rule book on how to do any of that but if we just put our best foot forward and just know that I mean just just really be 100% honest with yourself because if you know deep down that what you just said if somebody would have said that crap to you how you would have felt you shouldn't say it to other people especially especially
1: but you know child. what the problem is? What? Your children. Right? They justify it by saying it was done to me. That's they not a can, just- A lot of us, uh, even even our parents mm-hmm. cannot identify why the traditions and, and, and just different ways that we deal with each other, they don't even understand why that should not be. I don't want to say why it's wrong. I don't believe in right or wrong, really. Um, for why it is not healthy. Mm-hmm. They don't understand why it's not healthy. Right. It's like, well, it was done to me. And I think, you know, I touched on that earlier. It yeah. was done to me. It was bad to me. And I turned out, I right? Raised, and, yeah, so it's just like, that doesn't make it okay, though. Right. Just because we were raised a certain way or taught a certain thing does not make it okay. Because I know that when you lay down at night, you know, we mamas will cry and the quickness. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. We be happy. You know, yeah. We don't cry. They they giving us a hard time, or we don't feel like we doing anything right, or we feel like we messing them up when we're conscious of what we're saying and doing. Because I know I battle with that a lot. I do too. I battle with parents. Yeah. Don't feel, I battle with feeling like. The way that I handle this situation, like I've had moments recently with my six-year-old where I'm like, oh my gosh, if I don't handle this the right way, this can, this is going to show up later in her life, like right in this and I will go and cry and and then have to pull it together and figure out what to do, but it's too many of us that are not parenting consciously. Yes. We're parenting on almost auto-response. Right. Auto-response
0: and emotion. And emotion. And emotions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, and it's it's parents it's not easy, you know, it's definitely hard. There's no right or wrong way to do it, but I think that no matter what it is that we are doing, we have to make sure that we are oh sorry, I looked up and saw somebody in front of my house. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to make sure that we are constantly keeping our children's emotional and mental well-being forefront. I think that is what we didn't have growing up in order to learn how to to address trauma as it happens because there's no way that we can keep our children from experiencing trauma. Right, because they don't only deal with us too. Right, like we're gonna inflict some, on how to communicate with them and teach them communication skills. Um, we have to learn how to self regulate. Right. Um, and then teach our children how to self regulate because right. that's how we can stop the temper tantrums and mm-hmm. all these different things. I'm, I've recently learned these in some classes, and I think that that's like the key to, to building healthy relationships and. Healthy emotional stability with and children, right? But we gotta be, we have to be able to do that first. We right. have to take into account our own upbringing, our own triggers and traumas, and all these different things. And then I think that we gotta be transparent. With
0: yes, the and that's the, that's another hard part. We talked about being transparent with our significant others, but I think the even hardest part is to be transparent in front of our kids because we. Yeah want to look perfect in their eyes but if we let them know that there nobody is perfect and s- mommy messed uh-huh. up, I'm sorry I think they respect you more when you're transparent I've tr- i worked really hard, like I used to run away whenever I felt emotional and cry and my boys, it don't matter if I send them to bed and I want to go curl up and cry by myself they will come out of that room mommy what's wrong with you, why are you, why are you crying and so in that moment it's like oh. that's a moment to just let them know things are and at that moment i'll never forget one particular time i was just really having it rough you know i had to make a decision of whether to move or stay money was tight and it was just me and my boys and i was just like i'm trying my best to do what's good for them and i know if i move back to this situation i'm going to be in another toxic relate uh situation again it was just very hard for me so I said, go ahead and go to bed. I gave them their hugs and kisses. They went to bed. And next thing you know, I just broke down. I couldn't take it. I had just snapped. Like, I couldn't take it no more. Like, all of my emotions just came out. And I was like, I just, it's so hard. Like, I'm talking to myself, you know. This is so hard. I just, I just, you know. And they heard me and they both got out of bed. And I couldn't even get mad and say, like, I told you to go to bed. Like, they came out and it was like, mommy why are you crying and I was like it's just mommy's just dealing with a lot right now but mommy will be okay I don't want you to worry about it you know I will be just fine it was like but you're crying you're sad and I'm like yes it's yeah. it's okay I said I'm just I'm just trying to do my best for you guys and there's like but you're doing great mommy <laughs> you I know? know and, <laughs> and
1: yeah you. You
0: right they don't <laughs> see it they just they feel your heart like they know my kids know No, and they'll tell me it was like mommy i know that you're when you're getting on us that you're only doing it because you want us to be good men i know that you're doing it to teach us good like because they know because i i explain a lot i talk to my kids i don't believe in giving yes. them an instruction yes. without a reason why they're doing it you know growing up we were like you do what i say because i said do it's it like don't I ask said. no questions right yeah. i don't believe in that i believe I that we should speak to our children as though they are human beings and little adults because yes. guess what that's what they are becoming yes. so if you explain things okay If they come to me and say, well, mommy, why am I on punishment? Well, the reason you're on punishment is because you did X, Y, and Z. And I had to repeat myself too many times. And so this Mm -hmm. is to teach you a lesson. And maybe next time you'll do what I said. But us in my time, you better not come as why I'm on punishment. You're going to get popped. You know what I'm saying? So I don't believe... Mm -hmm. And do what I say because I said do it I believe that you'll get a more consistent behavior or more consistent attitude or structured of life if you will explain to them why they're doing what they're doing you know what I'm saying and that way there's no confusion there's no misunderstanding and they understand that this is to teach me a lesson I taught me and my boys we have sit-down talks like all the time and especially I'll get them one-on-one and give them age appropriate talks. And be like, you know, this is how old you are and this is what I see you doing and this is what we need to correct. And I educate and sometimes they get emotional and I tell them that that's okay. It's okay that you're hurting right now but I have to tell you this. And then I'll say, would you rather me tell you or would you rather somebody out in the world tell you? I said, because Mm -hmm. it's gonna hurt worse if it comes from someone else. And And then
1: it... Let me tell you something. First of all, you don't hit on a (laughs) couple (laughs) of... Okay, that last point you just made, I think that that is extreme, especially especially with dealing with young black boys. Yes. Right? I think it's important because it's like I have heard women say oh well I'm gonna treat you this way because the world ain't gonna be nice to you but it's like so if you gonna treat your children like the world treat them where are they supposed to get comfort and love that part where do they get that from if you are treating them the way the world is already gonna be tough It's already gonna be unfair you black baby so you already finna get beat Listen, down you already world. got 10 strikes you know against you just because you black right so where if that's your outlook and how you choose to raise your child first of all i don't say this in the condemning way because like i said everybody chooses the way can, can you be quiet i'm sorry it's okay everybody chooses to raise their children how how they want to raise their children but we are talking about how to raise children that are emotionally and mentally Fit, yes, right? And yes, healthy. Yes. And that is, I think, extremely important to make sure that like your kids, your boys, because that's what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. It's important for the girls too. But if right. we if we're being realistic, the boys are gonna have it harder than the girls are. In yes, world. girls are. have their own things to face. Mm-hmm. Definitely that boys don't face. But right now, with that statement you made, mm-hmm. it hurts my soul when I have heard women talk specifically say what I said I'm going to I'm treating my son this way and I talk to him this way and I I do this and all of that because the world ain't nice but those are also the same men who end up being with the women we we're talking about earlier right the women that are calling them out they name right and hitting them and threatening them right and the their car windows those are the men that end up in those relationships because that's the type of woman that they grew up in the house with exactly exactly you, know, you have to establish- know they don't know anything different
0: right and you have to establish and teach healthy boundaries you know and i have a son who has my personality meaning he's he doesn't say a whole lot he doesn't really open up you really have to probe to get it i used to be the same way like me being as transparent and vulnerable and open as i have been this year like listen this year alone 2020 has been a year of transformation for me like I never in a million years thought that I would be sharing the things about myself that I have shared this year but I have a son who is very closed and very sweet just like I was and I see that and I let him know baby it's okay to be sweet but it is not okay to be a doormat I said and I asked right. him sometimes, I said, if somebody does something to you, are you going to be strong enough to tell them that that's not okay? I said, because right. the last thing I want to do is watch you allow somebody to mistreat you because you are a good hearted person. Yes. You are a sweet person. Now, on the other hand, my other son, he, he's very sweet and loving but he tell you like it is that boy don't bite right. his tongue you know if he don't like it he gonna tell you he don't like it if it's ugly he gonna say I don't know about that you know right. that's that son so I don't he don't have a he don't have a problem telling somebody you call it too much or you need to stop right but my other son he well I don't want to not I'm the same way I don't want to not answer no, but- how many times have I sent you the voicemail Never. I can't find it in my heart to do it. My best friend tells me all the time, why do you answer the phone when you're busy? I said, because I, it's something about that ignore button that just irks me. I can't do it. So I'd rather answer the phone and say, hey, I'm sorry. Can I call you back? I'd rather do that than to send anybody to voicemail. I think that's so rude. And that's just me. I'm not saying that people who do it are right. rude, but that's just right. my me and the ignore button, that's just like right. uh, you don't do that. So if you ever go to voicemail when you call my that's phone. That's why you let
1: it ring. Just stop it from ringing. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I if, if you ever go to voicemail on my phone when you call me, that's because it's in do not disturb mode because I'm sleep. It is not because I sent you to the voicemail. So I have to tell him, like, he's the same way. He has somebody that calls him all the time. He's like, oh, he just called. And I said, well, you don't have to answer the phone. He was like, but I I mean, I don't want her to feel. So you just have to know how to communicate with your kids accordingly. Being that I know that I have a child that could very easily be a doormat. It's important for me to teach him healthy boundaries and let him know what's not okay for him to be treated like. And to let him know, even if mommy steps on your toes, it's okay to come to me in a respectful yes. manner, of course. Yes. And let me know, mommy, when you said this, that hurt me. Can we talk about it? Listen, I'm here. Allow the kids to hold us accountable. Yes, that's very important. And that's, and that's another thing that a lot of us in our generation did not get when we were younger so yep i believe when you learn better you do better when you know better you you behave better so if there are things that i didn't quite agree with that caused some traumas in my life although i'm not perfect i'm going to make it a point to pay attention and make sure i do not become that toxic mother Because it's very easy if you don't pay attention to it, if you're not aware. And I know in the beginning you said it's very important for you to be aware of your traumas and to be able to pinpoint the things that you've been through and the triggers that set you off. So if you're cognizant of it, then guess what? You can address it and avoid behaving the same way that you were treated. With someone else or acting out a character because you're afraid of being treated a way that maybe you've been treated in the past
1: and then let me say this too because even with that um something else that I have learned and I think I may have talked to you about it the other day is that a lot of times we don't know where our traumas come from mm-hmm. right but we can feel when we're either re-traumatized or we can feel when we're triggered, right? It, it right. creates a physical response within us, exactly. right? Exactly. Something you feel a pit in your stomach, mm-hmm. your, head your heart start up, pounding. Your, you know, you Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Your heart starts pounding. You feel some kind of physical response, and so even if you sit and you can't figure out what it is or why it is that you're having this response, there is a way. To be able to retrain your mind when that certain thing happens. Let's say it's like you can't understand why. I'm gonna use something very simple. I've understood that for some reason women get triggered by the word female. Mm-hmm. They can't explain to me why the word female is triggering to them, mm-hmm. but. It doesn't matter that they can't explain it It doesn't matter that they cannot express to their partner why when in conversation we're fine going back and forth talking but the moment that he calls you a female now you're triggered and you're angry and you're mad mm-hmm. you don't have to understand that what you do what i would recommend you doing is start carving and is a specific way to do it and it's something i'll be introducing in my um in my practice but It's a way to take that response. When you hear females being used and you feel that you're triggered by it, Mm -hmm. you then have to make a conscious choice to respond a different way. And by doing that, by doing these certain set of things, when you feel that physical response, Mm or that you make a conscious choice to do these other things to counteract that, your mind will start creating a new neural pathway and you'll be able to start responding different. So you didn't have to learn where the, the basis of that trigger came from. You don't have to know why it is you're triggered or maybe something happened when you were younger. And this could be for anything. I use the word female, but it could be for any, anything. People any with word that triggers A lot of times can't remember what it is that causes them to have that addiction, right? But right, typically right. it's based in trauma. Right. A lot of them can't pinpoint to them with the new technique that I've learned. It gives us the ability to not have to dig through our trauma. Right. It gives us the ability to say, all I know is I'm triggered and I don't want to be triggered. I don't want to go and dig up whatever happened to me. I just want to stop feeling this right. way. I, I wanna, don't want to relive I it. I want to choose to do something different. And we can do that. Like, right and i just wanted to say that because i didn't think that that was possible before i thought that in order to heal trauma and a lot of therapists like psychologists and psychiatrists they do believe that in order to heal from trauma, that you have to do it. I don't know if you've ever done CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh, I have. I've done cognitive
0: behavioral therapy. I've done group therapy with the military because those who don't know, I am a war veteran and I had to go through that. And it was the hardest thing for me to do, to have to re, and I I told them, like, I shut down. I didn't want to come back. I told them, I said, why? I said, why are y'all making me relive this? And I had to have a one-on-one session with the therapist and I told her, I said, listen, y'all making me relive this in order to go through it. Why? And the response was that a lot of times when you bury things mm-hmm. and you think that it's, that it's done and over with, it trickles out in other ways. So when you deal with it, you face it head on. But I, I don't know, for mm-hmm. some reason within yeah. me, I don't feel like that, is the, that should be the only way because we don't want to relive a lot of stuff. We don't want to relive right. a lot of stuff. Some One girl got up. She was crying. It was something she said when we were talking about in the therapy session, the group therapy session. And it was something she said. And the lady just broke down crying, crying and had to walk out. And she didn't come back. And she didn't come back to no more sessions yeah. because whatever was discussed triggered her in a way that she couldn't handle it. And she left. And I'm like, a lot of times reliving stuff is just not the best yeah. route and that's yeah. why I wrote my book yep. so fast because when I was in the moment of writing certain things I had to relive it therefore I was reach, tr- I was triggered all over again yep. and so I was, I was like I need to get this written down and for I would say for months like when I was proofreading my book that was the first section I proofread and I would skip over it that particular part in yeah. my book I would skip over it because I, I just didn't want to read it I didn't want to read it
1: yeah yeah there's ways to there's ways now and and the reason why they do that from my understanding um is that that is what they're taught they are that is that is what therapists psychologists and psychiatrists are taught they and and it makes sense Mm -hmm. on a very kind of i don't want to say superficial level but it makes sense that if you In order to heal something, you got to know what you're healing from, right? Right. But with this new, with this technique that I've learned, and like this makes so much more sense to me, because I know what it felt like going through uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, where you got to do the timeline, and you got to talk about every single traumatic thing that has happened to you in your life. For months, you're going into session for an hour, two hours, and all you're doing is talking about your trauma, and then you got to walk out and go home, and think that you're fine, and like, I did CBT after my husband died for 12 months right Mm -hmm. and at the end of the 12 months I was diagnosed bipolar and I was like I wasn't bipolar before this right like like, pulling all of this stuff out has done something to my brain and it has made me remember stuff that I did not even remember Mm -hmm. so ultimately I'm grateful for it because I've been on this deep deep healing path really since 2011 Mm -hmm. but that CBT and 2015 took it to a whole another level and so i've been able to take all of these you know relive traumas and start picking at them right which is not easy it's to not. pick it every single trauma just pick through it i mean constantly picking through it that's what i've been doing and now six years later i've now you know almost done with my certification and i've learned this new technique and it's like I feel like I've put myself through torture for no reason but exactly. I mean I get the reason and I'm grateful for the experience but I'm so glad that I have this thing that I can now teach people to do and they don't have to go through that they right. don't have to pick through their trauma and and walk around depressed for 15 months in okay. order to heal like some people don't come out of that right. some people can't handle the, they don't have the mental capacity to relive, you know, being abused, molested, raped, whatever. They can't do it. And by putting them in that situation, right. you really kind of mess up their livelihood and I'm I'm very Probably make glad it worse. Yeah, yes. It becomes worse. Mm-hmm. It becomes worse. And I'm not trying to I don't say this to to um Keep anybody from going to therapy and doing CBT because it can be extremely helpful. I'm just saying, make sure that when you are taking that the steps to heal and to address your trauma, that you're ready for it and that you have a support system. Yeah. And it is okay to have a therapist and a life coach yes. or a, ther- a psychologist, a psychiatrist, and a counselor. It's okay to have multiple lanes of support.
0: Right. And, and you may need that you may need that yeah listen this right here girl this was an amazing amazing conversation i think it was very much needed and i think if 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 you can relate i think it was it was therapeutic for me um and i'm sure it was therapeutic for you because sometimes Absolutely. you know just being able to to just talk about things and just feel free to just let it all out and not have to hold it in like that in itself is therapeutic so any chance I get to have these talks like i just want people to be educated and for people to be aware especially in the black community that mental health is not a taboo thing it should not be a taboo thing it's something that is very important for your overall well-being and the only way to really get that information out there is to talk about it and so I'm really, really grateful Absolutely. that you. Yeah, I'm really grateful that you came on um, this week for my podcast, and Chiquita Nicole speaks about how to handle depression and trauma. I mean. This, this was an amazing topic. Yeah. And yeah. So I hope that everyone who listened today got something from it. Learned something new that you may not have already known. And Salah, I want to give you an opportunity to tell us how we can reach you. How we can get in contact with you. Your social media tags. All that great stuff. And I'll make sure that I'll list it inside the comment section for those who listen in. And, or watch it on YouTube. So go
1: for it all right uh first i just want to say thank you so much for having me You're welcome. i totally enjoyed this conversation like you too. said um, i just reiterate it's extremely important to uh make sure that we're aware of our mental health and that we are just taking care of ourselves first because right. if we are not healthy nobody around us is going to be healthy our relationships aren't going to be healthy and like i said heal the black woman we heal the black community everything that i do is about healing yes i want for us to heal more than anything Um, So, I have a group on Facebook. It is Divine Vixens with Salalove and Vixens is V-I-X-E-N-S. Also, I have a page. It is at, it's Divine Vixens, but it's at Coach Salalove. Instagram is Coach underscore Salalove and then i have um different things that i create so just real quick so like i did this little book i know you know it's the podcast but so none know you have me here so i created a book that has some um trackers in it it's a used bracelets crystals um, i use crystal oracle cards i use a sound bowl all these different things some of them i create um by hand, and you can find some of that stuff at love.smoke.heal. That's a sky exclusive, and like I said, that's where all the tangible products. I even have um, crystal wands, crystal and copper wands that I use to hold plant medicine. They're used for energy transference. I use them very often with different crystal combinations in order to meditate or to manifest certain things. Um, so all those tools can be found at love.smoke.heal, which is the Ascari exclusive page. And that is both for Instagram and what's the other one? Facebook. Facebook. (laughs) All Um, right.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yes. Well, thank you so much once again. And until next time, Chiquita Nicole Speaks is out. Ta-ta for now.